0: 1863 President Abraham Lincoln delivered his historic Gettysburg Address at the dedication of the Soldiers' National Cemetery in Pennsylvania. Today, Lincoln is remembered as guiding America through its most contentious period to date, the Civil War. As the nation stood divided, President Lincoln fought to unify the nation and regain the South. While the 16th president delivered many historic speeches throughout his presidency, the Gettysburg Address is arguably the most famous of Lincoln's oratory remarks. And he said, Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who have gave their lives that the nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a large sense, we cannot dedicate. We cannot consecrate. We cannot hallow this ground. The brave men, living and dead, who struggled here, have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract. This world will little note, nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what we did here. It is for us, the living, rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they have fought here, have us thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead, we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not die in vain that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom and that government of the people by the people for the people shall not perish from this earth as John G. Lake wrote in January 1925 quote the Gettysburg Address, this introduction to a thought I want to bring to you. I want to call your attention to Daniel's 70 weeks in the scriptures. These weeks are weeks of years, seven years to a week. Daniel's 69 weeks or 483 weeks is dated onward from Daniel and ended with the anointing of Jesus at the River of Jordan we speak of that anointing as the christening of Jesus when the Holy Ghost came from heaven came upon him he was then presented to Israel as their Messiah it required the anointing from heaven to give him his Messiahship beloved My soul is dedicated to one purpose, and that is the proclamation of the gospel of the Holy Ghost in our day. If I am left alone in the world as the only voice to declare the full gospel of the Holy Ghost, I will go on declaring it. Every great movement of God in this world, from the beginning until now, has been an operation of the Holy Ghost. And every fresh introduction of the spirit of man into the life of God has brought a new revelation of Christ and his power to save the world. Every decline that has followed the history of the Christian church has first had its inception when men began to lay down on the subject of the Holy Ghost. If you want to spell death to an organization, or to a nation that is now alive spiritually, all you have to do is get them to lay down on the subject of the necessity of the Holy Ghost and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There will soon be nothing left but a corpse. That is the history of Christianity friend let us above all else in the name of Jesus dedicate ourselves honestly and sincerely, sincerely to the proclamation of the gospel of the holy ghost of the power of god of the power of god through the holy ghost to bring into the spirit of man the revelation of Jesus Christ that is essential and final and able to reveal him as the son of god if that then is the one thing to which our soul is dedicated. We will certainly not be slack in our endeavor to seek God for our personal entrance into the life of the Holy Ghost. We will be ready to pray for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We will be ready to study the Word of God. We will be ready to convert the Holy Ghost and His revelation beyond all else. Out of it comes churches. Out of it comes preachers. Out of it comes world evangelism. Out of it comes His reforms. Everything that has its great incentive in the Holy Ghost. The greatest thing that Jesus Christ Himself could comprehend as a possibility for mankind was to secure for them the divine right to become the recipient of the Holy Ghost. And in order to do that, he was compelled to die and shed his blood that their hearts, through its power, should be cleansed from sin and prepared to become the habitation of God through the Spirit. Lift up your heads and lift up your hands. And lift up your hearts toward heaven and declare to the world, to the flesh, the devil, and every opposing force in the world that you stand with Jesus Christ for the necessity of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And that your soul is dedicated to God to carry the precious message wheresoever you will. And by the grace of God, to minister its eternal power everywhere God makes it possible. Amen. Unquote. What does this have to do with today? It has everything to do with today. What does this have to do with the Gettysburg Address? It has everything to do with the Gettysburg Address. We have taken God out of our country, out of our schools out of our lives. If we, as a people and a nation, do not turn from our wicked ways, our nation, and we as a people are lost, we will not be able to gain back our freedoms. We will not be able to gain back our nation. And all of the lives that have been lost for our Constitution and our freedoms and our rights will have been in vain. So what do we do to fight back? God, I wish I had an answer to that question. Hello, everyone. And welcome to Around the Campfire with Kate, where we do what we can to open your eyes what is coming down the pike and hopefully help you to be prepared. I have a new website thanks to my producer Angel. So if you want to find my live shows on Thursdays and Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time, then the live shows as well as my previous shows are located at around the campfire with The video that you are about to watch is a real life situation. I try to tell people on my show to train. If you cannot train every day, at least train 2 to 3 times a week. This is not a simulated Or a training exercise. Human trafficking, hostage taking, kidnapping, rape, murder are all real and can happen to anyone. And you think, well, human trafficking and hostage taking, we're talking probably young people or rich people if it's hostage taking. No, human trafficking can be from anywhere from newborns to 70-year-old people, if not older, and everything in between. Because human trafficking does not stop with just sexual trafficking, which I will get into a little bit later in the broadcast. So you understand that there are many different facets of human trafficking. The police officer in this video was caught when his wife saw the man's photo on television. And she turned him in. This man was a police officer, someone who should have been trusted in the community. And as you will be able to see from the video, there are several situational awareness lessons to be learned And not just from a woman's standpoint, from a man's as well. Men think that they are all macho and can handle any situation until they are in that situation. It's tough to talk about it. It's tough to be macho. But when you are in that situation, It's tough to think on your feet unless you train yourself and you train with others. What if this police officer, who in my opinion is a coward, but I digress. What if the man in the video, the police officer was stalking another man to rob him? Do you have the foresight for the situational awareness? Can you get your head out of your phone long enough to look up and see around you and see what is going on? What if that victim were you? We can talk all tough and macho, but realistically, this happens a whole lot more than many people realize. But are you ready? Are the women in your life ready? Human trafficking and modern slavery are thought to be amongst the most widespread crimes in the world, affecting millions of men, women, and children each day. It's the illegal trade of human beings. It's the recruitment, the control, and the use of people for their bodies and for their labor. I watched a video that somebody had sent to me earlier this morning, and I watched it, and this young woman was angry. She wasn't very young. She was a little bit younger than I am, so to me that's really young. She was angry, and she was in tears in some of the video because her friend's son was playing a video game, an innocent video game. And somebody popped up something and said, do you want to make more friends that plays the same video game? If you do, click on this website. And so he did. The mom of the son was going through the son's phone, went through the deleted pictures, etc., and found that his son had been sending nude pictures of himself to someone. So she checked out this game site that he was playing. This is real people. Listen. She was checking out this game site. Innocent game site that this child was playing. And saw the website. Clicked on the website. And it said something to the effect of are you under 18 or over 18. Well she clicked on under 18. And it went directly to a woman, a cartoon giving a um, a woman giving a man blowjob. Then it said, "Click on something else," and he clicked on something. She, she clicked on something else, and it went straight to pornography. And then come to find out, he was threatened. This child, this kid, he was a tween. He wasn't a teenager, and he wasn't a youngster, a, a younger person. He was a tween. He was threatened. That if he did not send nude pictures of himself, that something bad was going to happen. I do not know all the details of that. Know what your kids are doing. That is one of the first steps to child trafficking. Do not take this lightly, people. Child trafficking is through force, fraud, coercion. People everywhere are being bought and sold against their will right now. In the 21st century, now it is happening. This is reality. Slavery is violence. It's physical, verbal, and sexual abuse. There are more people enslaved today than any other time in history. It is a $150 billion industry. Over 40.3 million people are enslaved. 71% are women, 29% are men, and 25% are children. Slavery happens in every country, just as this video is about to show because this video did not happen in the United States. Watch this video, learn from this video,
1: because you are going to need to. Friends, please teach the women in your life the importance of them defending themselves. The Mantis X Firearms Training System attaches to any gun with a rail and to your phone via Bluetooth to track barrel movement every shot you take. Use it to help you be the most accurate, fastest shot you possibly can in a defensive encounter. I use it in my training all the time. Hi everyone, this is John with today's active self-protection lesson out of Sao Paulo, Brazil. Our offender here is actually a corporal in the police in Sao Paulo and that makes this one even worse. Warning on this one friends, we're gonna see a young woman abducted and taken into a car so watch this one with discretion. Let's pay attention to what happens then we'll come back and learn some lessons. The news story here says again that this guy is a corporal in the police in Sao Paulo and he's pulled over here, we don't know where he's come from and you're gonna see him here kinda start looking around and then get into the trunk of his car and what you're gonna see here in just a second is he's clearly going to put a firearm on he's getting something out of the back of his car there, probably working out of his duty bag and put something in his waistband. Again, the news story says that he threatened her with his firearm, and that's gonna become important here in a little bit. But you see, he puts that on there, and now he's doing the look around thing where he is kind of furtive glancing, and then he can see kind of where she's coming from, which is gonna be from our right. You can see him seeing that she's coming and now looking around to see if he's got anybody around. And again, in the original, which is several minutes longer, nobody comes by at all. This is a very secluded area, and this girl, from what the news story said, was going to church, of all things. 18 years old, and you can see the size discrepancy, and he's got a hold of her here. And now she's like, no, 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 I don't want to go with you. But he's not having it. He has a hold of her by the arm here. And and there's no way she's going to be able to resist him physically at this point. And he is going to put her in the car. And again, the news story says he held her for 30 minutes, did everything that he wanted to do with her. And they have a uh, warrant out for his arrest, but he hasn't been arrested yet so far as I know. And that's where the video ends. Friends, this one really is terrible. I don't have anything good to say about it. Let's make sure that we try to learn some lessons to get some redemption out of this poor woman's victimization. I do want to think about some significant lessons out of this one. Number one, about pre-attack indicators. Number two, about awareness and maintaining your distance. And number three, having the emotional fitness and the willingness to defend ourselves and not be taken to a second location. So some significant and sad lessons out of this one friends, I just encourage you to think about how old a kid should be able to see this. I mean clearly not little children, but think about showing it to your teenagers at least, and the women in your life so they see what the realities are. Now interestingly here, he has chosen this place most likely because he knows that the likelihood of being caught is slim. Now it's interesting here as we stop it for just a second, you can see that he is putting the gun in his waist and that looks like a right hand being used to do that. I'm gonna guess, you know, 85-90% chance that he's right handed and so that's gonna become important in just a little bit. Now look at him looking around, look at the furtive glances here and I want you to pay attention to that. Not that it would have necessarily made a huge difference because there's not a lot of people here But in general, when you see people, they're making these furtive glances left and right. They're either looking for escape routes or they're looking to see if there are witnesses about. So when you see somebody doing that, pay attention. Now notice as well, he has seen her coming down the street. He knows she's on the way, and you can see him kind of peeking through the bars there to see if she's coming and what his timing is going to be. And this is why awareness is so important. Now she might have seen him go by and seen him pull in there, but at the very least, being able to look around and keeping your head up and seeing what's going on in your world might have given her some awareness to not go down this street, to maybe go a different block and stay away from him entirely. Now you see him as he's looking around and going, okay, he has planned his attack. Now I wanna pay attention that she can see him at this point. Clearly he's come around the corner of the building at this point, so he's not hiding himself to just jump on top of her, he is going to accost her. And that gave her some opportunity. She's not on screen yet, she has some, some space here if she would have chosen to use it. Now why is she chosen in the first place? I'm not 100% positive but look at her body language here. She has noticed that her chin is down and you can see the fact that she is not looking at what's going on around her. When I teach women's self-defense classes the first thing that I teach is to fail the first interview by knowing who you are, by knowing that you're valuable, you cannot be attacked, and by being aware of your world. And what you do that is with your nose up, your chin up, looking around at the world around you, not looking at your feet, looking at your world and that will many times cause you to be not selected as a victim by its very nature because you will probably will fight back, you probably will give them a hard time and they will choose an easier victim. Now, this girl the news story says is only 18 years old but learning how to use your posture and your awareness is incredibly important to teach our daughters, to teach our wives, to teach all the women in our lives. Now as he gets up to her you know she finally sees him he's that close when she finally pays attention to him but at this point he has not touched her yet one of the most important things ladies that you can know is that you have to maintain enough distance that he can't get a hold of you once he gets a hold of you the problem becomes very significantly complicated so staying out of his distance where you can use speed and get the heck away from him and run to safety is incredibly important so you see there he's got a hold of her at that point with his right hand and look at the size disparity between them you guys I mean this guy's a big dude she's obviously a little bitty girl. And so most women's self-defense classes that teach, oh, touch him here, hit him in this spot, do this thing, honestly are hulkum and are not going to work. If she's gonna physically defend herself at this point, she's gonna have to go absolutely viciously and attack him in hard ways. Now, we see women do that all the time. I'm not saying that's impossible, but she's going to have to have attitude, skills, and plan. Notice as well that he's got a hold of her with his right hand. He can't draw that gun that he's about to threaten her with at all if he wanted to. So, if she goes after him, the gun is not in play, and all she has to do is get him to let her go. She doesn't have to actually defeat him. Now, you see him there, he threatens her with his gun, but she doesn't have to be able to beat him up. She has to be able to make him let her go. Now, finally here, you notice she finally kind of sets down and goes, no, I'm not going in there. And ladies, one of the ways that we talk about not being taken to a second location is being willing to absolutely get on the ground and fight like a dog with your feet in that moment and make it incredibly painful for him. Because being taken in the car is a terrible, terrible outcome and therefore don't get taken to a second location. Even if that's you're going to flop on the ground like a toddler, do that at the very least so that he cannot hold on to you and get you off your, your behind and into the car. Because, obviously, any time you get taken to the second location, terrible, horrible things are happening there, and are happening here, and they happen to this young woman, and that's terrible. Again, the woman is on her way to church, and this is what happens to her. So please, ladies, hear me. You are of inestimable value, worth, and dignity as a bearer of the image of God. You have the right to defend yourself, and no one has the right to harm you. So learn the lessons that you get out of this one so that you cannot be victimized, that you know how to fail the victim selection process, you use your awareness, your eyes are up, so that you don't get surprised, that you know how to fight, and that's gonna take you a a good bit of time of training, not a one-off women's self-defense class, but actual training that's week after week so that you have the attitude, skills, and plan to not be a victim like this poor girl, but instead you can cover your ASP.
0: And like I said, this happens in every country. 4.5 out of every thousand people are enslaved in the world. What would have happened if that police officer would have taken her, that young lady, to a secondary location? It would have been over for her. People, we need to teach our children, our teenagers, our women, boy, both boys and girls, Our husbands, our wives, our boyfriends, our girlfriends, we need to train. If that young woman would have had just a little bit of training, no matter how large that man was compared to her, she could have done him damage, and she could have ran, and she could have got away. There are more people enslaved today than any other time in history. Human trafficking is a hidden, fast-growing and complex, generating billions each year through the exploitation of millions of people. An individual becomes vulnerable to trafficking and exploitation when they are exposed to risk factors like instability, violence and abuse, poor education, substance misuse, poverty, homelessness. Unemployment and isolation. Does that sound like what's going on in this nation and in this world today? These factors can weaken defensive measures and make them more susceptible to trafficking and exploitation. Victimization occurs when someone is coerced, deceived, forced, or otherwise subject to an abuse of power. This can look like a false job opportunity, a lover boy method, or being sold by a family member into labor or slave trafficking. And then there's re-victimization, and that's when a survivor exists, a trafficking situation. Resulting trauma combined with the original unresolved risk factors perpetuates the likelihood of being re-exploited. And then the cycle of trafficking continues for that victim. All over the world, human beings are being exploited. But what does every victim of human trafficking have in common? Vulnerability. Human trafficking is the business of stealing freedom for profit. And in some cases, traffickers trick, defraud, or physically force victims into selling sex. And others, victims are lied to, assaulted, threatened, or manipulated into working under inhumane, illegal, and otherwise unacceptable conditions. This multi-billion dollar criminal industry denies freedom to over 40 million people around the world. And I will let you know how I got these st- st- statistics here pretty soon. The most pervasive myth about human trafficking is that it often involves kidnapping or physical forcing someone into a situation. But in reality, most traffickers use psychological means such as they trick you, they defraud you, they manipulate you, or they threaten the victims into providing commercial sex or they exploit the labor. Human trafficking is the use of force, fraud, or coercion to get another person to provide labor and commercial sex. World wide, the experts believe that there are more situations of labor trafficking than sex trafficking, but there's a much more wider awareness of sex trafficking in the United States than of the labor trafficking, and many survivors that have been trafficked by romantic partners, and that includes spouses and by family members. And that includes the parents. I know. I was one of those victims. It's very clear that migration, both internal and to another country, legally and otherwise, is a key vulnerability for human trafficking. Because migrants so often fall outside of the full legal protections of their countries of origin, countries of transit, and countries of destination. Those victimized by human traffickers in the United States are disproportionately from Latin America, most frequently from Mexico. So with that in mind, we've undertaken research to better map the conditions that allow for labor trafficking in Mexico and facilitate the trafficking of Mexican and other foreign nationals to the United States through legal temporary work visas. From sex trafficking within escort services to labor trafficking of farm workers, the ways humans are exploited differ greatly. Each type has unique strategies for recruiting and controlling the victims and concealing the crime. For years, we've been staring at an incomplete chess game. Moving pieces without seeing hidden squares or fully understanding the power relationships between the players. The typology of modern slavery, our blurry understanding of the scope of the crime, is now coming into sharper focus. We analyzed more than 32,000 cases of human trafficking documented between December 2007 and December 2016 through its operation of the National Human Trafficking Hotline and Be Free Text Line, the largest data set on human trafficking in the United States ever compiled and publicly analyzed. Our research team analyzed the data and developed a classification system that identifies 25 types of human trafficking in the United States alone. Each has its own business model, Trafficker profiles, recruitment strategies, victim profiles, and methods of control that facilitate human trafficking. Then there's children and the youth. From the outside, it's easy to tell ourselves that we would never, ever have been lured in by a trafficker who pretended to love us. But grooming, a methodical process of emotional manipulation, is time-tested and devastatingly effective. People, we need to learn more about how this works so you can spot it and protect yourself and those that you care about. And then there's the domestic workers that face economic devastation, especially during this COVID-19 pandemic. As much as the country has begun working at home for some unknown period of time, the very people we trust to care for those homes and for our loved ones are facing economic devastation. Human trafficking is made possible and profitable by numerous unwitting partners in both public systems and private businesses. A strategic approach to ending human trafficking includes understanding the ways of these systems and it enables or interacts with traffickers and victims. This matrix depicts the 25 major types of human trafficking in the United States, cross-referenced with eight highlighted systems of industries, each of which can be activated to help disrupt and prevent crime in unique and impactful ways. Let's cover a whole bunch of those. Escort services. Illicit massage businesses. Outdoor solicitation, residential sexual trafficking, domestic work, bars, strip clubs, and cantinas, pornography, the restaurant and food service industry, traveling sales crews, peddling and begging, agriculture, Animal husbandry, personal sexual servitude, construction, hospitality, illicit activities, landscaping, hospitality, health and beauty services. Are we getting the picture here? Commercial cleaning services, arts, sports, and entertainment, factories and manufacturing, carnivals, forestry and logging, recreational facilities and health care. Remote Interactive Sexual Acts, Industries, Hotels and Motels, Social Media, Housing and Homelessness Systems, Temporary Work Visas, Transportations, Business Regulatory Systems, Health Care. It sounds like everything, everything that <laughs> there are so many businesses out there that are suffering that they will use. Human trafficking. They will use a child. They will use an adult. It does not matter where. These are common denominators with human trafficking. Proven. Human trafficking is defined by the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime as The act of recruitment, transportation, transfer, harboring, or receipt of persons by means of the threat or use of force or other forms of coercion, of abduction, of fraud, of deception, of the abuse of power, or of a position of vulnerability, or of the giving or receiving of payments or benefits to achieve the consent of a person having control over another person for the purpose purpose of exploitation. So let's break this down into simpler terms. This means that human trafficking is made up of three elements, movement or recruitment by deception or coercion for the purpose of exploitation. The act of recruitment that that is defined by the United Nations is an umbrella term which covers a number of human rights issues and of which human trafficking is one of them. It's mainly defined by the 1956 United Nations Supplementary Convention which says debt bondage, serfdom, forced marriage, and the delivery of a child for exploitation of that child are all slavery-like practices and require criminalization and abolishment. Modern-day slavery encompasses slavery, human trafficking, servitude, force, or compulsory labor. Traffickers and slave masters use whatever means they have at their disposal to coerce, deceive, and force individuals into a life of abuse, servitude, and inhumane treatment. There are many forms of exploitation into which people can be trafficked and held in slavery. These crimes are happening in every corner of the world. It can include any person regardless of your age, socioeconomic background, or location. And as a result, each case can look very different. Some of the most common exported forms of human trafficking in modern slavery I'm about to cover. This is when someone is deceived, coerced, forced to take part in sexual activity. So let's hit places where someone could be sexually exploited. Prostitution. Massages and sauna places like brothels, escort agencies, pole and lap dancing, forced marriage, stripping on a webcam, phone sex lines, internet chat rooms, pornography, mail order brides, sexual terrorism. Then there's label labor exploitation. And this refers to situations where people are coerced to work for little or no remuneration often under threat of punishment. There are a number of means through which a person can be coerced, like use of violence or intimidation, accumulated debt, the retention of their identity papers, the threat of exposure to immigration authorities, and all types of labor within every industry are susceptible to labor exploitation. Some common sectors and industries that are identified as vulnerable include manufacturing, manufacturing, factory work, hospitality, construction, agriculture, fishing, car washes, and then there's domestic servitude. A domestic worker or a helper is a person who works within the employer's home, performing a variety of tasks. This arrangement becomes exploitive when there are restrictions on the domestic worker's movement and they are forced to work long hours for very little pay. They may also suffer physical and sexual abuse. In places where someone can be in domestic servitude is in someone's private home or in a community such as a commune. And then there's the forced marriage. This is when a person is put under pressure to marry someone else. They may be threatened with physical or sexual violence or placed under emotional or psychological distress to achieve these goals. Situations you may find of forced marriages to gain access into into a country and to gain access to the benefits of that country. Then there's forced criminality. This is when somebody is forced to carry out a criminal activity through coercion or deception. And forced criminality can take on many forms like a drug trade, begging, pickpocketing, bag snatching, ATM theft, selling of counterfeit goods. Forced criminality also encompasses several social welfare fraud This takes place when exploiters falsely apply for tax credits and other welfare benefits using the victim's details. It's not only the state that is the victim of social welfare fraud, there is often horrific abuse used to the individual in order to coerce them into falsely applying for these benefits. Then there's child soldiers. These are children and young people ranging from as young as four years old and up to 18 who are used for any military purpose. It affects both males and females. Children may be used as frontline combat, which means they are made to commit acts of violence or within auxiliary roles such as informants. And often children are also sexually abused. This type of practice is mostly prevalent in parts of Africa and Asia. And then there's harvest, organ harvesting. The trafficking in organs involves removing the body parts, commonly the kidneys and the liver, to sell as an illegal trade. And organs can be taken a number of different ways. Trade. Trade. A victim formally or informally agrees to sell an organ, but then they're cheated because they're not paid for the organ or are paid much less than the promised price. And then there's ailments. A vulnerable person is treated for an ailment, which may or may not even exist, and the organs are removed without the victim's knowledge. And then there's extortion. A victim may be kidnapped from their family, and then their organs are removed without consent. Identifying traffic is the first step to stopping it. Understanding the signs to look out for could help the most vulnerable person within the community. There are a number of signs that are common across all types of exploitation, including if a person acts as if instructed by another as though they are forced or coerced to carry out specific activities, or they demonstrate signs of physical or psychological abuse such as lacking self-esteem, seeming anxious, bruising or untreated medical conditions, or they seem to be bonded by debt or has money deducted from their salary, or has little or no contact with family or loved ones, or is distrustful of authorities, or has threats made against them, or family members, or is not in possession of their own legal documents. There are specific signs, and many of them, And many of the main types of exploitation have significant signs that are specific to them. And these include significant signs for individual potentially selling sex can be, is the person closely guarded? Does the person have any signs of physical abuse, such as cigarette burns or tattoos? which indicate ownership. Is the person allowed to keep the money that they make? A traffic sex worker will have restricted or no access to their earnings. Is there any evidence that the person has been forced, intimidated, or co Coerced into providing sexual services. Does the person have an English vocabulary that is mostly sexualized words? Are there any signs of the person experiencing emotional trauma as a result of the work that they're doing? Then there are significant signs at a specific location. Does the mailbox or any doors of the property appear to have been sealed from the inside? Do the people potentially selling sex also sleep on the premises? Brothels are not normally used as accommodation for sex workers. Are the people potentially selling sex being moved between suspected brothels? Labor exploitation. Do the workers show signs of physical or psychological abuse? Do they appear frightened, withdrawn, or confused? Do workers have restricted movement on leaving or entering the premises? Are they always accompanied by somebody? Are workers forced to stay in accommodation provided by the employer? Is the accommodation overcrowded? Are workers forced to give incorrect information or claim to not know personal details? Is the employer or somebody other than the worker holding the employee's passport or legal documents? Do workers lack? The, necess- the necessary protective equipment or even have the suitable clothing for that particular job? Have they received the basic training for that job? Is there a group of workers of a similar nationality or an age or gender who have a representative by whom they appear to be coached? Domestic servitude. Does the person seem held in the employer's home and forced to provide household support such as care for children, the cleaning and the cooking? Does the person appear to be working in excess of normal hours? Does the person ever leave the accommodation unaccompanied Is there any indication the person has been subject to abuse, insults, threats, or violence? Does the person interact with the family very much, or are they forced to eat alone? How about forced marriage? Has the person given the consent, or are they able to even give consent to marry? Do they even understand marriage? Has the person become withdrawn? Do they spend less time with loved ones? Are there any signs of physical or psychological abuse? Does the person seem scared of their partner or another member of the family? Let's hit forced criminality. Significant signs of individuals trafficked into forced street crimes, such as forced begging, drug trade, pickpocketing. Is a large group of adult or child beggars moved daily to different locations but then returned to the same location every night? Is a large group of children guarded by an adult? Significant signs of a property at a property of cannabis cultivation? Are there metal grills over the windows? Or are they permanently covered on the inside? Are there visits to the property late at night or early in the morning? And are they irregular? Is there a pugnant smell coming from the property, such as Daily skunk smell. Has electricity been tacked on from neighboring properties or directly from power lines? These are all areas of human trafficking. Human trafficking is the movement or recruitment of people through deception and coercion for the purpose of exploitation. But Kate, you've already said that, yes, but I'm trying to drill it home. By spotting the signs, you can help change the course of someone's future. You can help save someone's life. How about spotting the signs in an airporter? While you're on vacation, many child victims of human trafficking are reeled in by false promises of an education or a better life. A child may be trafficked for labor purposes, commercial sex work, forced marriage or armed conflict through violence, abuse and threat. Children face an upheaval that could detrimentally affect their lives forever. What if that was your child or your grandchild or your niece or your nephew? Let's look at signs to look for in an airport or while you're on vacation. Is a person dressed inappropriately for the type of travel? destination is carrying a is person carrying very little luggage or no luggage at all is traveling with someone dressed more appropriately for the destination are you witnessing this can you see that this person is not dressed appropriately for where they're supposedly going are they showing signs of malnourishment, bruises, or has unusually a large appetite? Are they accompanied by someone who has no obvious relationship to them? Are they unable to provide information about their destination or flight? Do they give rehearsed communication or are they lacking in consistency when they talk to you? Are they attempting to avoid interaction or communication altogether and always defers to the trafficker? Remember, spotting one of these signs may not mean that someone is being exploited or trafficked but seeing one of these signs should be a reason to be suspicious. The more signs you see, the more likely that this person is being controlled, exploited, or trafficked. If you suspect that someone is being coerced or exploited, call your nearest local authorities, or if you are a victim, of human trafficking. Find a way to seek help no matter how afraid you are that they are going to hurt you. Write a note and give it to someone. Talk loudly or scream in front of people to let them be aware so someone can step forward to help you. Do not give up hope. If you do not trust your local authorities, like your chief of police or your sheriff or whatever, and you you need to contact somebody by saying, I see these signs, then ask someone at a desk or a security officer to call 911 and let them do the reporting. If you do not trust local law enforcement, trust them this once. Most police officers, most sheriffs, most deputies hate human trafficking just as much as we do. Okay, none of this applies to me. And your research is garbage. I don't believe anything that you say. Well, I've heard this a few times within my career, that I'm an overacting, overreacting fearmonger. My only response is to tell these people that when it happens to someone close to them, then they will thank me someday for this information. They can find it. So, why am I so glued to human trafficking? Because I was a victim and a survivor of human trafficking. Know the signs, people. Help someone who cannot help themselves. Again, what if the victim is your daughter or son, your grandson or your granddaughter? Or a friend's loved one. Are you going to pooch out your chest and be all macho and state that it will never happen to you? Or you'll find that trafficker and you'll just kill him. You know, that all sounds macho. But once a victim is snatched, good luck finding them without professional help. How do I know? Because I speak from experience. From both sides. This ends the broadcast for me tonight, and it's my hope that you've learned something. So come and join me on Thursday night and Sunday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, and 5 p.m. Pacific, where, and this Thursday night where I will be teaching you how to kill a man with your bare hands so that you can be prepared if and when you are attacked and you need to defend yourself. I do not advocate violence, yet I am not afraid to use it if it's to save my life. Thank you for joining me around my campfire on this very frigid cold night. Remember to train hard, train smart, to survive, thrive, and stay alive. And this is Kate, signing off until next time.